0: Boys and girls, ladies and gents, welcome to the first episode of Clutch Conversations. My name is Mike from Herb Collectors. Uh, welcome to the very first show. Really excited about the very first show. Full disclosure: we're still getting our bearings around the whole process, so probably make some mistakes. But uh, consider yourself lucky. You get witnesses grow over time. You'll be able to say, "I remember when they weren't nothing." So I, I really appreciate everybody. Everybody tuned in. Um. With that being said, I'm super excited to introduce our first guest. Uh, This is a truly inspirational individual. Uh, Without him, I probably wouldn't be doing a YouTube. Uh, Ever since I've met him, he's always encouraged me, do YouTube, do YouTube, get your face out there, get your name out there. So uh, I'm very, very excited to have him on the show for the very first episode. So without further ado, I want to introduce to some and present to others the homie, Gershon Porter from GP Snakes.
1: What's up? What's Welcome to up the Welcome to the Thank show? To the show, bro. How's Thank it going? You. It's going good. It's going good. So excited
0: you're doing this. <laughs> yes, sir. Yes, sir. It's been a long time coming. I'm really excited. Like I say, really excited to have you on the show, very first episode. It really means a lot.
1: So, so glad to be here. We, we made it. <laughs> I'm very. I'm very proud to be the first episode. It's an honor to be on your first episode and to see this journey come full circle and you starting it i'm so excited i'm so excited
0: absolutely man i I really appreciate it uh 100 all the motivation um all the messages (laughs) (laughs) so i I really appreciate it because like i say without you i probably would have just kept putting it off putting it off putting it off but it's certainly a pleasure to be here pleasure to have you on the episode so i guess we'll just hop right into it so introduce yourself and tell us what you do
1: all right well I'm Gershon, I own GP Snakes, I be breed ball pythons, um, I've been breeding for, I've been uh, how long, uh, maybe seven, eight years almost, um, I do YouTube, I do Instagram, I do a little bit of TikTok, TikTok it up, I also have a live podcast on YouTube called Under a Thousand Podcast where I bring on someone above 1,000 subscribers and someone under 1,000 subscribers. I rotate them every other week, and I talk to them, get to know them a little better, introduce them to the community, and get me to be able to talk to more people in the community because I am an introvert. I know it doesn't seem like it. I know. (laughs) But I am an introvert, and it's a great way for me to network within the community and get more involved in the community. Um, So we do that live every Friday usually. Um, But, yeah, that's me in a nutshell. Awesome.
0: Awesome. All right. So now reintroduce yourself the way people who are not in the reptile hobby would describe what you do.
1: Okay. So my family will call me a uh, comic book nerd to an extent because I'm always watching uh, Marvel, Disney, uh, uh, DC, anime, all that good stuff. I'm a jokester in the family kind of comedian. Um, also, I'm the guy with snakes, which some of my family members have come to be understanding that I'm the guy that's trying to make a business out of snakes, so they're being more supportive towards that end. Still don't want to come to my house, which I I understand. Um, my wife's side of the family, they like the snakes, but they still don't want to come to the house either. So, um, yeah, they just see me as a guy with a numerous amount of snakes, but they look really cool and they like to take pictures with them from a distance.
0: <laughs> okay. Okay. Yes. Yeah, it's the same thing with my family. Like they of the snakes, but they're intrigued by the snakes. Yeah. Have a 15, 20 minute conversation. And they ask all <laughs> kinds of questions. I remember I told my cousin for the first time I was ultrasounding snakes. He was like, you're doing what? <laughs> I mean, Yo, I'm, I'm ultrasounding in a female looking for follicles, uh, trying to see like how far along they are in the breeding cycle. And so he was like super interested he ain't trying to catch no snakes and trying to see them in person, but like I say, everybody's intrigued with them, so that's mm-hmm. cool. shout out to everybody out there in the audience. Um, welcome to the show, Nicole Antoine Leka. All right, so what got you into reptiles and how long have you been keeping? Um, so
1: what was the first reptile I had? Technically, the first reptile I had was a turtle um technically it's not a reptile per se but that was the first reptile that introduced me into reptiles and then i got a iguana um only reason i got a turtle i don't even remember why i got a turtle i think it was because of ninja turtles to be honest with you i really (laughs) i was a ninja turtles kid back in the day which still and still love the ninja turtles and i (laughs) favorite ninja turtle leonardo leonardo and then Michelangelo second then Donatello, then Raphael. That's that's my order.
0: <laughs> okay. Okay. Yeah. I, I was Michelangelo first.
1: <laughs>
0: Michelangelo first, because my name's Mike. <laughs> okay. Okay. Donatello after that,
1: Leonardo and Raphael. Okay. That makes sense. That makes yeah, that makes sense. Mike's yeah. I mean that was that was my show. I was a big turtle head back in the day. So I got a turtle and I realized I didn't like turtles so much. Um Lisa is pets so then I got iguanas. I had iguana for a long time. Um and I always wanted a snake, but my mom was like we're not getting any pets that don't have legs. Um any pet comes in this house it has to has have to have legs. So I had to wait till I moved out to get a snake. Um and then when that happened, I moved out, got my first ball python. My girlfriend who is my wife now bought me my first ball python and then that it just exploded into this Amazing hobby that I'm into now, learning about pop, ball pythons and breeding them.
0: So what what got you into breeding? And what was that one moment where you said, "I want to breed uh, ball pythons"?
1: Uh, so I was I was around snake number seven, and I started to at so like I had got a ball python, and then I had got a green tree python, and then I got a red tail boa. So I was, I was just trying to collect species at that moment, just learning about them and collecting them. And then I started getting deeper into ball pythons and learning all different morphs and learning about breeding them. And it just I just wanted to see if I could do it at that point. And once I started going through the process, I kind of fell in love with the process of breeding ball pythons. And I was like, oh, this is exciting and fun. And then I was like, OK, I'm just going to get more ball pythons and try to make this more than just a hobby. Um, after I sold everything, I decided to make this more than just a hobby. Um, and so that's how that happened. So what was your first clutch? My first clutch was an inchy to a normal. Okay. An inchy male to a normal female. She gave me seven eggs, three inchies, no, two inchies, uh one male inchy and the rest were normals and I sewed most of those and I kept the two inchy females that she gave me okay. and that was I was technically tech that was my first successful clutch. <laughs> my first ever clutch was a girl laid not even slugs they were they were like little white bloody things. That were posed to develop in the slugs and did not. Um, and that freaked me out. First time breeding, you see that in the tub and you open it and you're like, okay, what am I doing wrong? But it was terrifying. But that technically was my first clutch. First successful clutch was the inchy to a normal. Phil gave us a pound on the inchy. Inchy your yeah. favorite codon, right? Yep. Phil, no. Inchy and everything. Inchy and everything.
0: <laughs> inchy everything. I hear you. <laughs> it's everything yeah yeah I like engine is a great gene so what's your favorite memory about kind of like your journey with the reptiles
1: um it has to be the first time I cut eggs open and saw that there was actually a baby snake in it for my first clutch cutting the eggs um I, I believe it's on YouTube I believe that video is still out there I was so just scared, nervous, excited, all at the same time while cutting that clutch, hoping for one, the babies would make it. And the fact that I helped this happen, helped this happen really blew my mind. And going from pairing that girl, to ovulation, to her laying, me taking the eggs, to incubating, to cutting and seeing babies in there alive, it's amazing. It's just amazing. And now I'm just chasing that high every time now I cut eggs.
0: Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah, I remember. Uh, I mean, I've only had one clutch so far, but I just remember how excited I was uh, when I first walked walked by the incubator and I saw like two little heads poking out. I was like, I know what I think it is. I know <laughs> that what I think it is. <laughs> and so I started peering in in and then that's when we uh we, we cut the rest of them. Mm. Yeah, I, I was super scared um, when, when we was cutting the eggs because I was my first time. I, I didn't want yeah. to or anything like that. So I was like super scared. So I was like being like super, super cautious. But it was it was super exciting, super exciting. And um, I, I probably stopped by the incubator like every 15, 20 minutes just to see if they crawled out the eggs. Like I, I, I was super excited. And so, yeah, I'm really looking forward to, to feeling that, that, that high more and more as time goes mm. on. Um, All right, so next question. So tell us about your average weekly routine. I know you do a lot with YouTube, you're doing a lot with snakes. So tell us about the GP Snakes weekly routine. What does that look like?
1: Okay, so we're gonna start on Sunday. So Sunday is usually feeding day. Um, I feed my whole collection. Uh usually everybody eats. Every so often one or two don't eat, or somebody's in shed, you know how that goes. So I usually film that because I do uh, a series called Meal Time. So I film the feedings for that series. So that gets banked in the phone for later. Um, after feeding, Monday, I come back and check and make sure nobody regurged anything because that could happen. You always got to double check that. And you would hate to find a rat smell in the room that just kills it. That's just terrible. Um, so after that, I check everybody and make sure they're good. Tuesday, I've dedicated to just cleaning um, cleaning water bowls um, poop changing substrate if need be um, a little spot cleaning if need be but if I need to full clean full clean the tub does it usually take that long and I also try to record the video for Thursday on Tuesday so whatever the subject is that day if I can record it that day I will hopefully, um, throughout the week, I still record for my other YouTube series, Grow Out. I record that throughout the month, and then release everything on the last week of that month. So it's like a month of everything that's going on for Grow Out. Those certain snakes only see, you only can see on my Grow Out series. So those have become kind of people seem to really like that. So I keep doing that. So right. Tuesday cleaning, shoot a video, hopefully and wednesday i will edit that video um still come back down to snake room check on people check on snakes check on waters um usually take some pictures for instagram um i'm always taking pictures for instagram i try to load up on pictures so i can have a week of pictures that i can schedule out so i'm not trying to put a picture up right at that moment on that day, it's already scheduled out. Trying to try to be organized, very difficult. Um, but after checking all everybody, um, usually emailing people, finding out if they're available to do uh, under a thousand pods, scheduling that, getting people that want to sponsor the episode, make sure that's scheduled, and you know, getting everybody organized as best as I can. I'm not the best with organization, so I am working on that very much. So. But then Thursday, usually the video is already uploaded and getting ready to go, making sure I got the thumbnails, description of the video and stuff. I'm in the room once again, just, you know, checking waters, making sure. I don't necessarily give everybody water every day, but if I see they pooped or did something in their water, I change it out pretty fast because can't let that sit. That's terrible. But get ready for the podcast for Friday, making sure I got – all the stuff I need for, like, um, the questions that I'm going to ask. Make sure the people I'm bringing on um, can still go on the show that day. Uh, making sure I have their intro for everything, which I got to download somebody's intro for tomorrow. <laughs> so Thursday, this is, this is the day I'm supposed to do it. Um, but then just checking on. Sometimes Sometimes I've, I'll check my steak to see if somebody is a little hungry still. Maybe throw them a little smaller of a meal. Um, I try not to do that too often because I'm about to try to go to every other week feeding for my uh, adult females and my adult males. I'm going to try that out. Um, I think I heard somebody say that it's less stress on them trying to digest that meal in a week to get ready for the next meal since they already know that rotation. So I think I'm trying to give them two weeks of digest uh, meal before another meal. See how that does with them. See if they don't hold on to more of that fat um, and try that out. See how that works. And then Friday, I do the live usually about 7 p.m. Eastern, 7 p.m. Central Standard Time. And after live, you know, chat with people online a little bit, then check the snakes again before I go to sleep. And then, uh, no, I actually film the intro for mealtime usually comes out Saturday. So I'll film that on Friday night, um, do the sticker door, all that good stuff, edit that probably sometime in the morning, Saturday, make some more posts uh, on Instagram, check the snakes again later that night, and go to bed. That would be usually the week um, if I don't have to work. Now, if I have to work overtime, the snakes might get two days of me not being in the room, checking on them, just looking everybody over. But I usually try to be in here at least once or twice a day, if possible. Um, Yeah, that's usually how the week looks, and then I do it all over again. (laughs) So how many hours a week would you say you're spending on GP Snakes? I honestly haven't counted the hours because I'm – I count – me actually being on Instagram, liking people's pictures, watching people's videos, responding in comments, that's also part of GP Snakes. That's the uh, community side of GP Snakes, being involved in community, talking to people, networking, making friends, knowing what's going on with the community, helping other people out with stuff. Because I get people ask me questions about either snakes to doing a live to... Um, how did you post this on Instagram with this tag or anything that I, I am doing or maybe thinking that I might know how to do? So honestly, it's a 24-hour job, to be honest. <laughs> 24 hours between taking care of the animals, making the videos, making pictures, posting, networking with people, communicating, being involved in the community. It's it's a it's a lifestyle pretty much. 24 hours. And that is even before you actually start making any real money from being a ball python breeder, per se. I'm still trying to go to that point where everything back here is putting money in my pockets, but also taking care of themselves, too. That's the goal of all this, to where they're not taking money out my pockets, but putting money in my pockets and taking care of themselves. That's the overall goal down the line. Absolutely, hundred percent.
0: Shout out to everybody in the comments. Shout out to everybody in the comments. So yeah, it's deep in here. Uh, yeah, it's deep in here. It's hard for me to keep up. Uh, it's my first time. <laughs> <half. laughs> hey, I'm just having to click on them. <laughs> it's hard for me to keep up. I promise I'm gonna get better. <laughs> but definitely, shout out to everybody in the comments. We really appreciate it. Appreciate all the support. So, speak a little bit about your your, your breeding rotation and kind of how you rotate your males and how you map that out.
1: Oh, okay. So that's actually changed now since I have an ultrasound. It's totally changed the way I breed my females with my males. I used to do, what was it? Um, I do a week on and week off. I used to have the male going with a girl um, on Wednesday. He's staying there for three days. Um, and then next week, he'll go to another girl. So I would do that. And just slowly rotate him through the girls. And then I would switch from the girl I went first. She would go last in that rotation once that male finished through the first line of girls he was going with. Now, at the beginning of the year, I throw the male in with the girls. And then I wait a month later. And I check their follicles with my ultrasound. See where they are. If they're above 10 millimeters are up i throw that male in again let them lock with her one more time if they're below 10 millimeters i wait until they get up there into double digits and i give them another lock and then once they get close to like 30 millimeters i give them one more lock so i try to get the male with the female three times instead of like until she ovulates what i used to do without an ultrasound so that way i maximize my males and i maximize what females will be going that year um i've done that so far two times since i've got the ultrasound this would be the second year i'm doing that so far it's seemed to be working um i don't have a lot of data to say if it's working that way or if i should change it yet so i'm still learning that process now so we'll see how it works but i did catch one girl that i thought wasn't gonna go Ultrasounder and seeing that she was like twenty millimeters, and I hadn't paired her yet, and so I was like, "I oh, gotta get a male in there, uh, let him go do his job." And she did drop eggs for me that season. And what millimeters do you stop pairing?
0: Like, you um, she's good to go. The so,
1: so apparently, it's they're supposed to ovulate at forty millimeters or forty-two millimeters. I could be wrong with that. I. Downloaded some stuff off of Instagram. Um, no, you know, Gmail, Google, I don't even know how to say the words. Google, I looked up like when they're supposed to ovulate. So they give you, a, I found this little chart. So that's what I go by. Um, I start, they say the best time to introduce a male is at 25 millimeters, is when the females are, is the best time to introduce her, introduce the male. I try to wait to 30 millimeters to be the last time I introduced the male. But usually they pose an ovulate at 40, 42 millimeters. I got a girl right now that has 34 millimeters. I'm going to let her get a male with her one more time. But he was in shed, so he didn't get in. He was supposed to go in this week, but he's in in shed. So I'm going to wait till he's out of shed, throw him with her one more time, and then we're going to leave her alone. She should go. Those are my
0: chihuahuas. (laughs) Gotcha. Yeah, I got two German shepherds, so you might hit them in a little bit. <laughs> How many classes are you uh, hoping for this year?
1: Um 12, 15, 17. I'm hoping for at least 10. I have some girls that I'm not sure might go, could go They're they're not building right now. Um well, they're not building as fast as I thought they would. They're only about, like, 7 to 10 millimeters. But we're still technically early in the season. And I usually always have a late season. So um, I'm expecting 10 clutches, hoping for 17. Um, but then again, I realize 17 it could be a lot of clutches to handle. Um, so 10 should – my record is – Five or is it six? Technically, it's six, and one of those was a slug. So, I'm trying to beat my record this year, but also not trying to overwhelm myself. Gotcha. You said your record is six? Yep, six clutches in one year.
0: Gotcha. So, in terms of like your breeding goals, what are your ultimate breeding goals,
1: at least right now? Um, hopefully. So I would like to have the collection be able to pay for itself, pay for its own food, um, substrate, pay for some of these lights, the electricity it uses, and then also be able to put money in my pocket to be able to invest in other things as well so that I can, not. I, I would like to quit my job and work for myself. That would be great down the road um i'm hoping my initial investment in the snakes can help me start invest in other things that can make me more successful to where i can only need to only focus on the snakes and still have revenue coming in from other investments and be you know comfortable like i don't don't need to be super rich i would just like to be more comfortable where i'm not worried paycheck to paycheck living Or I can be like, ah, I need to go on vacation. We just going to go on vacation and not have to worry about where we're going to get the money to do that. (laughs) That's what I would like.
0: (laughs) So have you started, like, working on, like, breed plans over the next three to five years?
1: Yes. I got – I have plans. I've seen somebody ask about my vinyl clown project plan. So I have at least – uh, a two, three, and a six-year plan with the Albino Clown Project itself to add codoms, add other recessives. Um, I also have a two- to three-year plan for DG and working with DG Clown eventually down the road as well. I'm developing a plan for um, G-Stripe because I'm, I'm getting into G-Stripe. But that's also kind of blending into my albino clown plan, too, because I want to see how that works with that. But I'm also starting to think about, like, codoms, new codoms that come out because, you know, plans kind of change with some new stuff come out. You be like, oh, that's hot. I would like to work with that, and I would like to put it into projects I'm already working with. So I'm keeping the option for that open to where I can move a new gene in and not disrupt the plan too greatly um, mm-hmm. But I'm also realizing this is a one-guy, one-man um, project. I'm I'm the only one working here at GP Snakes. Um, my son helps me when it's time to cut eggs, but he doesn't help me when it's time to clean. So <laughs> I still have to have it to where I can take care of all these animals properly and not have them suffer from me not being able to come down here and take care of them the way I should. And Kai from... Um, Oh, I just blanked on his business name. Oh, it's going to come to me. Kai. Oh. Somebody tell me what Kai's business is in the comments. I forgot. But he, he said something. Lucas Landon. Okay. Yeah. Is that what it is? Lucas Landon Reptiles. I think that's what it is. Um, he told me something that I, that I never thought about before was, don't think about the number of snakes you can take care of when you're healthy. Think about the number of the snakes you can take care of when you're sick. So that readjusted my whole mindset of how many snakes I want to have at one point in time and breed to um, be more responsible with what if I get sick and I still have to take care of these animals. If I'm sick, I know I can't take care of 150 animals. I know that is impossible. But I know I probably could take care of 70 animals recently if i'm sick so i'm trying to total number now total number now is with hatchlings i think i'm at 42 42 okay. 43 and maybe five of those hatchlings are waiting to get shipped out when warm weather comes so closer to like 35 um okay. my goal is to it was to have like 50 breeder females and 10 breeder males And you know, close have grow ups coming up. So a total of maybe 70 to 75 snakes at one point in time. That math is totally off, probably. So closer to 80. But now I think I'm going to decrease it down to 40 breeder females and five to seven really good um, breeder males. And of course, the grow outs. Um, I think I'm going to work that better as a number until, well, at least until maybe the snakes pay enough to where I can let go of my job and do this full time. Then that would be a different story. I can be able to take care of a little more. But right now with the job, family, all that, I think that's a more reasonable number to do.
0: That made perfect sense. It's, it's a lot of work. You don't really think about it at first or you, you think about it, but you certainly realize it when you, when you win it and you're actually doing it. I don't know what what our number is right now. I'm thinking
1: six. your number is like two thousand. You, you was collecting no. snakes.
0: <laughs> <laughs> no, two no, snakes. no, absolutely not, absolutely not. i think it's some something like a hundred or something okay. like that. Uh, Forty, hey, but you got help. Yeah, that's what I was about to say. Fortunately, it was like my wife helped. Uh, I got my son to help, and so I, I got some help. Uh, so unfortunate there, but I think the number is a hundred. Just because you got to balance everything, like, you yeah. Know, you got to balance work, you got to balance uh, the reptile piece of it, you got to balance family, and so um,
1: very true. You got to think about
0: what works for you, and that's probably what I'm gonna do. Like I'm probably cap it and then just kind of start rotating snakes out. Of the yeah, collection.
1: I'm and definitely time, trying to do that Ozzy thing. Like exactly. I want to.
0: I was just want to, to. I wanna do the Ozzy method. Just over time, just keep. Increasing the power of my females and just keep getting better and better stock, better and better stock. Before you, before you know They have a hundred powerhouse females and put them exactly to super duper powerhouse males. <laughs> so, so that's the goal. At least right now,
1: All right. Casey. I don't think. Um, I I I might do shows, maybe down the road. Um I'd rather go to shows and hang out than necessarily be behind a booth to be honest with you um I'd rather be at a show hanging out with people networking and trying to meet people and get out of my uh fear of being in crowds uh but honestly being at a show being behind a table might not be a bad idea that'd keep be a lot more sane and keep people kind of distance from me because <laughs> i get I get terrified at large crowds i am I do, I'm not a fan of that um. So, going to shows is terrifying and awesome at the same time because I love hanging out with people I've met on Instagram, YouTube, Facebook, talking to them in person. But there's so many people there. It scares me. (laughs) Speaking of shows, what shows are you going to this year? So, this year, I am going to Tinley, both in March and in October. Mm -hmm. Um, It's something... If something happens great, like I hit the lottery or something, I might be able to go to some shows out of state. But as of right now, that is not in the cards. We'll see. Um, uh, but definitely going to Tinley in March and October. I'll be at Tinley this March on at, on Saturday. I might be there Sunday, too. I might stay for two days. I'm still debating, but I'm definitely going to be there Saturday.
0: Okay, okay, yeah, so I like to get to Tinley and I like to get to Arlington. I definitely want to go to Arlington. It's probably a stretch <laughs> to get to both of them this year, but I don't know. But I'll definitely be at Daytona. Okay. Probably like two hours wow. So
1: definitely be going to Daytona. You should come to Daytona. I, I need to try to come to Daytona. I heard that is a really cool show, too. I do. I do want to travel to shows. I honestly do. Um, I j- I'm terrible at budgeting, <laughs> so I would have the budget for the shows and get better at that. I'm. I have no problem get the time off. My job give me the time off. That's cool. But just budgeting is that's where I gotta get on top of. That's that's the business side of this, and I'm I'm learning now that I'm trying to get better at.
0: Yeah. So I, I built a budget this year, and I put shows in the budget. And then I had a specific new pickup budget. I've already busted. (laughs) (laughs) And so the moral of the story is, I'm not good at budgeting either. (laughs) It's
1: good to know I'm not the only one. It's Uh, very good. It's it's the new
0: pickups for me. That's what got me. I
1: think I did really good. Um, Last year, I picked up one, two, Three, four, or five. I picked up only four to five snakes, and this year so far, I've only picked up one snake. Um, because I'm trying to be, I'm like, I'm, I gotta, I, I told, I told my wife I would stop buying snakes, and only buy snakes when the snakes give me the money for that. So I'm at the point where I'm trying to let the snakes. Pay for everything else, pay for the things I do from now on. That's the plan. How well that goes, we'll see because we always see something we like and we're like, oh, I need that. It's okay. I need it.
0: (laughs) Exactly. It's an investment. And it is an investment if you're doing it the right way. It is. That's the problem.
1: A lot of people say it's an investment, but they don't be doing it the right way. So I'm trying not to go down that path.
0: Right. 100%. 100%. Yeah, uh, my plan is to not pick up anything else until, like, maybe maybe the fall, like, around the Daytona show. Okay. I guess that's more like summer. but I, I might pick up something around then, but nothing
1: major. Okay. Nothing
0: major. Yeah.
1: yeah, my first pickup yeah, for I, this yeah. year is going to be at Tinley. Um, I'm going to pick him up at Tinley. Already, we already set it up and everything, um, which he is going to be actually big enough to breed and he's going to a certain girl of mine who is going to be coming online in the next week to start breeding for this season. So I'm going to give him a good 30 days of quarantine, double check him and everything. And then I'm actually going to take her and him into the quarantine. So he's not going to come into the main room. She's going to go into the quarantine with him. Um, and they're gonna live not live together, but they're gonna be housed in the same quarantine room and breed here and there. So that's what I'm gonna do with that. Cause I'm I'm starting to get worried about um I've had a couple people talk about some nightmares about quarantine and catching certain things from animals and devastating their whole collection. So I do want to is one of the biggest things that scare me. There's nido and then there's that other thing. Oh, what is it called? There's this other thing, I forget who got it, but they got it to where it's airborne, and it wiped out a good chunk of his collection in like 70 days. Um, um, I can't remember the name of it. Uh, somebody might know it in chat. It was um, He was on Brian's show talking about it on What's in Your Cup. Oh, so that one right there terrifies me. So now I'm being um taking more precautions, especially when I go to shows, I don't come back in the room just in case I might have something. I take showers after shows, don't those clothes go directly into the dirty clothes. And I take a shower before I even come downstairs, spray myself. Uh it's oh it's crazy. Um <laughs> uh what is I think that's what it's called. Arena virus. I yeah. Think you're Yeah. Arena virus.
0: Yeah. Arena
1: virus. Yeah. So I'm being worried about that now. I thought we only had to worry about really Nido, but that's still, you still had to have saliva contact between two snakes. That's how that had to work. But now it's airborne, this airborne virus. Scares a terror. Terrifies me. Terrifies me. Two (laughs) things that scare me most are diseases
0: especially something like that that, that is airborne like that just makes mm-hmm. it harder to, to, to control and then legislation like the new stuff that's coming yeah. up with the Lacey act amendments or potentially yeah. coming up with the Lacey act amendments those are the two things that, that scare me the most and keep me up at night. when i think about
1: like risks right especially for people that have like invested heavy this year putting up buildings, expanding their rats, uh, rat breeding, expanding their collections, buying other people's collections and bringing it into their collections to expand for this year and to have this Lacey Act come out and not know what will happen in the future, uh, that is terrifying. Um, to know that by a mark of a pin, everything we love to do can be all suddenly a sudden illegal for us to do. Right. And we have no real control over it. Um, That is a terrible feeling.
0: Absolutely. Uh, Ozzy was on a was on a a live the other day.
1: Yeah, I watched
0: that. Money Club. Yeah, he was talking about it too. Yeah, Uh, he was making some good points. Like I I really want to, I really want to get to that level. Like I want to get to the level, like you said, where everything's paying for itself, uh, and then you also earning some additional money, something that you can reinvest into the snake business some of that you can pull out and reinvest into other assets that way you can can diversify your portfolio i I really want to get to that level so and that's the goal um hopefully something like the Lacey act amendments don't don't, don't knock us out before we get there that's certainly the goal yeah i advise anybody out there listen to ozzy like ozzy is just like sage or wisdom Um, especially when it comes to, to good business practices and investing and he's just he's an open book he always, he always wants to share what he's learned um anytime i can listen to Isaiah talk and, and, and hear what he has to say i, I tune in so it's great yeah so we got a question for you so it says how are the temps and the white rat so i i
1: don't do ambient tape
0: or just heat takes.
1: I don't do. I have a heater in this room that is at eighty, but I also have heat tape on the um, racks. Um, I would like to do ambient room temperature, but I need to specifically build a room to set it up for ambient temperature, to where I know it's not losing heat from the walls. I need to be insulated. Um, my basement is semi-finished one side is finished one side is not i'm in the unfinished side so i have a lot of exposed on concrete so concrete don't hold heat very well um so i gotta still use heat tape um the heat tape is at like 91 yeah 91 and the room stays about 77 to 80 degrees in here so they have a decent gradient to move back and forth um, humidity is really good in here. Um, I use cocoa, so that keeps humidity up. So this next shed really good. Um, I usually still spray when I see them coming out of blue just to make sure they still can shed. Um, but yeah, that's, I, I like these, I built these racks. Um, they're Home Depot shelves. Um, I forget the name of them, but I built them. I built until the snakes start making more money to buy more equipment, I will be building these racks for my hatchlings and my sub And my adult females will be in ARS racks. Um, that's the plan until you know snakes make a substantial amount of money to where I can upgrade and have ARS racks and all that cool stuff. I'm going to go ARS. I just like the way they look. I like the gray look. I'm not a fan of their... Their water bowl in their tubs. I think the bowl is too sharp. So when I'm cleaning it, it feels like it's cutting me. I like that, um, Freedom Breeder's bowls are round and smoother. So they don't have those sharp edges. But I still like the ARS look better than Freedom Breeder. Um, but that's just me. No hate on Freedom Breeder. They got really nice tubs. Really nice tubs. And I love that that table they have. That table is cool with sh- uh, stuff. It's a real cool table. <laughs>
0: Sorry to hear that, these Balls. I hope everything turned out all right. Uh, he said he had to take uh, one of his tortoises to the emergency Oh, man. Bed. Uh, Sorry to hear that, bro. Fingers crossed, everything's okay. 100%. Yeah, I like uh, ARS better, too. Um,
1: nothing against Freedom Beater, um, but I just like the look of ARS. Yeah. I just fell in love with the look of it, and I was like, yeah, I like that. I got to have that.
0: I'm sure the freedom breeder's pretty good. Like I've, I've never had a freedom
1: breeder, but I, I'm, I'm, sure it's pretty good. So you still, you said you use cocoa. You still using grow it? I still use the grow it. Yeah, I just say cocoa because nobody knows what that grow it is. <laughs>
0: nobody knows you what that. You put me on. Is. You put me on game. Hey, <laughs> it, it's it's
1: it's like, it's like twelve to thirteen dollars. It does the same thing as cocoa. Uh, the other cocoa stuff does. And I can I, I'm having trouble finding it at my um store. I usually get it. So I have to Damn, tell them ahead of time to order it for me. Cause people are starting to learn about it and go pick it up. Cause I talk about it in videos here and there. So people that watch my videos in Wisconsin, they're like, oh, let me go look for this stuff he's using. And they're starting to take my supply. <laughs> <laughs>
0: So the first time I ordered grow I ordered it off of Amazon. I forget the exact amount it was, but it was it was it was cheaper than getting the chip. Mm-hmm. And to me, quality-wise, it was. If there is a difference, it's not a material difference.
1: Like mm-hmm. say.
0: So, um, obviously, I'm no cocoa expert, but to me, it was about the same. Um, yeah. For the chip. it's not the same as the cocoa blocks. And so I still use cocoa blocks. In, in my ars for my, my females so i still use that okay i think it i think it looked kind of fly in the pictures
1: it does yeah. look it does look good i ain't gonna lie it yeah. does look good <laughs> but grow it uh,
0: like I, I got like probably like six seven blocks of it <laughs> 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 but yeah yeah so I, i'm definitely on the grow it
1: train. Okay. Okay. See, hopefully, it's spreading. Hopefully, everybody don't start getting it. I mean, um, I, I was told to <laughs> somebody told me to contact the company and tell them like there's a different use for it that they might not know about, and maybe try to see if I can get a sponsorship or something. And I was like, ah, I might do that. I might hit them up and be like, hey, just so you know, the Snake world is using this. I do use it. If you guys would like, you know trying to market this it this way this is another market you guys can go let me know i'll definitely be willing to work with you guys help you out but uh i'm already busy i'm <laughs> i'm busy so maybe <laughs> one of these i'll reach out to him and see um one i'm just the glad guys. they're still making it so nicole
0: got a question she said what would what would be each of your powerhouse meals and from who um, I'll let you go first. I'm not 100% sure if she's talking about, like, that we have in our collection or
1: that we want to get. Uh, maybe she's talking about. This, what we want to um, do. So, so um, I know she's looking for a powerhouse male to pick up in Tinley. Um, I can't remember exactly all the females she has in her collection. So, I'll have to just talk about powerhouse male I have. Um, technically, my powerhouse male right now is my albino clown. No, he's not even him. Technically, uh, it kind of, it'd be two. Technically, it would be either my albino clown male or my pied yellow belly head clown. It's between those two. I would have said it would be t- between my desert ghost butter spider male, but he's not breeding, so he sucks. Um. <laughs> but the next powerhouse mail I'm going to be getting at Tinley is a pastel leopard spot nose het clown mail that is poshet lavender as well um he's going to be my next technically powerhouse mail cuz I can most likely make animals up to two to four thousand dollars with him this coming season, and even higher for next season. Um, but a powerhouse male really depends on the powerhouse females you have, and what you got to make sure he goes well with them and that works well. So, that's what you want to look at is the females you have and what he could potentially bring to those females. Um, that's how I'm looking at it. Unless somebody else got a different way, let me know. I'm I'm always willing to learn. No, that that makes sense.
0: That makes perfect sense. For me, I guess in my collection now, the most powerful male that I have is a black pastel inchy od fire cloud. I would say that's the most powerful male that I have. Wait, wait, wait! Uh, wait. You said
1: black pastel inchy od. Fire uh, clown,
0: yeah. Who? From Ozzy. That's the most powerful male that I have. oh uh, Jesus. And then I have a O.D. Inchy Lemon Blast Pied, and a Mojave Hypo Clown. So those are the three most powerful males that I got. Hyper. I want to build out my uh, DG Clown project, so I need some more DG females. Or, everybody uh, need, needs everybody DG. Everybody needs some more DG females. <laughs> i got one <laughs> um and i'm putting her to that uh to that clown mail that i got from okay, okay. and so i should get some double head stuff hopefully uh, i'm female heavy and so i can grow those up uh but the next like powerhouse powerhouse mail that i, w- I would love to get would be a double visual dg clown with maybe a coat on or two stacked on top of it yeah um, but that's gonna obviously be super expensive. So we'll
1: yeah, see. I'm hoping to produce my next powerhouse male. I'm hoping to produce a pie clown yellow belly, or a Batman inchy pastel het albino. So I'm hoping to produce either of those two, or produce a triple het albino g-stripe desert Ghost. who could be butter or spider if this boy gets his act together um but i might have to go talk to wiz wiz got a uh desert ghost he said he'll let me use so i might have to go um go that route just because i only have two het desert ghost females that i'm growing up they're hatchlings so they're easy to almost three years away from being able to start producing But like you, I need some DG females. (laughs) I'm trying to get into that DG clown project. And one of the steps is having DGs. So I kind of need
0: it. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) Yeah, I need at least one or two more DG clowns. I mean, not DG clown females. I can't afford that. Uh, (laughs) DG females. And then I'll grow them up and put them to some clowns and maybe some other stuff do some double hits because I'm trying to focus on recessives and, and not just single recessives. I'm trying to get into double recessives and at some point like getting triple yeah. recessives. I was hoping I could start a triple recessive project this year, but I don't think I I'll, I'll be able to because the male not gonna be ready. Oh. And the female was building and so I wanted to go ahead and get her
1: like, I forgot
0: I Yeah
1: I'm hoping to start a triple recessive because if a DG boy doesn't pair to my albino G stripe. I'm gonna throw my. I'm debating, so y'all can let me know. Y'all, y'all can let me know which one I should do. So I have an albino G stripe female. She's got like 20 millimeter follicles right now. I either can pair my clown head albino to her, or I can pair my entry clown to her. So I either get albinos that are double head clown G stripe, or I can get possibly inchies that are a hundred percent triple head albino clown g-stripe which ones do you guys hit me in the hit, hit it in the chat let me know which ones you think i should go with um
0: yeah definitely I'm, hit us in the chat me personally i go with the first one the visual I, double hits.
1: I'm, lean double into I'm leaning to that because i don't that i like albinos everybody knows i like albinos but i really do love inchy and the possibility getting a triple head Inchy just further along that project of getting inchy in there, Absolutely. too. So Absolutely. It's, it's, it's a hard one. Oh. Um, homie, so i coming, bro. I I, I mean, he's killing it, He over there killing yeah. it. He produces yeah, some I'm gonna be in your DMs. I'm gonna be in your DMs after the
0: show, bro. <laughs> 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 and I ain't playing, is I'm gonna be in your DMs after the show, bro. <laughs>
1: What's up, fat? Yeah, I'm, I'm thinking that too. D. Um, I'm thinking that too. Pull them up here.
0: Make some powerhouse combo head DG females if you have a visual male. Absolutely, that male ain't free.
1: That's what that was my plan. He was supposed to go to so many different girls. He was supposed to go to a Pistavi, he's supposed to go to a Russo, he's supposed, he supposed to go to an albino, uh, G Stripe, a Pied, an Inchy. Um, a head clown to make pos clowns he was go, he was gonna go he was I was gonna stud him out this year but he ain't he ain't doing his job he ain't locking with nobody so I was trying to make a a head DG army with uh, either multiple codoms in it or, or other heads in it I was trying to make an army but he he tripping He let me down <laughs> he let me down. <laughs>
0: Yeah, I'm still call. I'm, I'm gonna definitely be messaging him right after the show. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so um what are some solid breeder business tips that you can provide for everybody? Um,
1: so if you're getting into this from bottom floor, you're getting into it. Buy recessive females first. Find recessive projects you really like, and buy recessive females first. Either some with some codoms in it or double recessive females if you have that kind of money. I'm not trying to count your coins, but if you got that kind of money, definitely buy double recessive codom females if you can. Um, start, Start YouTube immediately. Start YouTube immediately. Start Instagram immediately. Don't let people tell you you can't post on Instagram or YouTube because you ain't produced nothing. Don't worry about that. You all, you want to show your journey. YouTube is about showing your journey from going from A to Z. Right now, you at A when you got nothing. Chart that first video, you unboxing that first snake, setting up that first snake, setting up that first rack, figuring out your business name, getting all that in order. Do videos on that. Do videos on what you're doing because people want to see your journey. Um, business side of stuff, you got network. I you starting to learn that you gotta network, you gotta talk to the people in the community, you gotta become friends with people in the community, not just from what you can get for them, but for you being involved in the community. It is a community, and if people see that you here to just kind of take people money, they're not gonna mess with you too much. Um, so be a positive force in the community. You ain't gotta be friends with everybody, but you gotta make some friends 100 percent Um, You definitely got to make some friends and go about it the right way. Um, Give yourself, make a plan of what you want to breed and make it realistic. Uh, Everybody goes like, yeah, I'm going to breed this and I'm going to make these and they're going to sell for this. You might not hit anything you're trying to hit. (laughs) Remember, this is all luck. You get lucky on clutches. You get lucky on the odds. You get lucky on male or female. You kind of got to go with the swing of it. So you got to be patient. Um, patient is going to be a virtue in this a hundred percent because I've been trying to make albino clowns for the last five years, and I've only made them this year. So you got to be patient. Um, if you can buy an animal that pushes your project up a couple years you can afford it do that nothing wrong with that instead of buying that double head and you could buy a a visual head that pushes your project up a year go ahead and do that 100 um work with the things you want to work with but realize what the market is out there um if you love pastels and you only want to make pastels you're not gonna make the money back you think you're gonna make from that (laughs) just realistic so you have to pay attention to what the market's doing, but also make sure you're working with stuff you like to work with. Because if you don't like seeing what you're pulling out them tubs, you ain't going to want to clean them tubs, 100%. Um, I love looking at a albino clown, so I'm always in his tub. <laughs> so you got to make sure you work with stuff you want to work with, but also look at the market and look where it's going. Because um, you, if you're trying to treat this as a business that you enjoy doing, you got to make business decisions too. That's just how that goes.
0: Yeah, definitely 100% speaking facts. I agree, G.
1: Appreciate it, sick. Appreciate
0: it. Dropping <laughs> sure knowledge. That's the science of it. 100%. To, I, I 100% agree. So you spoke about getting recessive females first. Can you speak a little bit to kind of the strategy you should take when you decide, and, um like what considerations you should have when you decide on how many recessive projects to start?
1: I was told to not have, like, more than, like, five different recessive projects. I mean, you can do that. Um, The thing is, I didn't think Desert Ghost was going to be as hot as it was. I could have got Desert Ghost a long time ago. I saw Desert Ghost where I could have been in it a long time ago. Didn't think it's going to take off like it is. So you can't limit yourself on projects on just what you see them as now. You have to also have a vision for a project or see what it in the future it possibly can be. So you you kind of have to take a, a gamble on stuff. Um, definitely get recessive projects you like and you want to work with. But get some recessive projects people aren't working with and try to mad science that stuff and do something different with it nobody's possibly done and create something new. The best way to set yourself apart is to make something nobody else has, 100%, which is difficult but not difficult because people have been doing it every day in this hobby. <laughs> They're making stuff from stuff that people stopped messing with a long time ago. Black Pastel used to be non-existent until that man brought that thing back. And then now Black Pastel went right back up here. Spot nose back up here. So try to look at stuff a different way, a different perspective than anybody might look at it. You still going to be fighting to get to the top, but at least you fighting a different battle. You fighting against your own imagination, not necessarily the next guy.
0: What you think the top three most slept on jeans are? Kodo or if it don't matter. Oh, hmm. I mean,
1: you say real talk, sir. So. Uh, I would say most of the jeans I'm sleeping on that I don't have. <laughs> <laughs> Desert Ghost is it was slept on. It become it's become a monster. But the thing about Desert goes is the other jeans, it's about to catapult. It's about to make a lot of stuff that people didn't like before look beautiful. So that jean yes, alone is a, is a sleeper in itself because of what it's going to do to other jeans. Um, lace is starting to blow up. and looks phenomenal and stuff. Um, G-Stripe is having a comeback right now. It is definitely coming back in a odd, weird, great way, but it's also having trouble with Tri-Stripe is out there right on its heels. Like you can't deny it. they look similar because they are similar, but they both still look good. Um yeah. it's there's so many like codoms that people let go of that are starting to pop back up. Um Kai's working with one of them. Um um garrick just pulled out i forgot it's called um he's working with a a old codom no one was working with he's probably gonna do some amazing things with it i forget i think it's like cannibal or something like that it's like it's something like what meat name or something i forget what it's called um there's a lot of slept on jeans honestly because they haven't been put into the right thing uh, and once you find the right gene for that gene, it's gonna blow up again. That's why it's hard to not grab everything. <laughs> carnivore. carnivore, yeah, that's what it is. Um, I see. I was on the right track. Some would meat thing, and it was <laughs> throw <thorough> to see <laughs> at an A at
0: an R. Nah, carnivore ain't got no that. <laughs> <But> <laughs> told you I was gonna mess up. <laughs>
1: It's it's just getting the right gene to work with the right gene. There's so many different combinations, and we still keep finding new genes out here. That's what makes this this breeding of ball pythons limitless because we just keep finding new stuff that we can make. And once you find one gene, you have like 30,000 other genes to put into it to see it make something you didn't even think was possible. So it's endless the what you can do. So find something you like and just work it.
0: Speaking of jeans and finding new stuff, you think trick hurricane and blitz? You think they're the same? I don't touch that. I just stay away.
1: Because <laughs> <laughs> trust me, I'm still learning jeans and learning the identifiers for jeans and picking out. And I I swear you not. They all mostly look the same to me the whole trick and all that it looks very similar to me so i was like look i'm out of this one that's a gene i'm not messing with right now so i kind of i kind of just let y'all do that y'all once y'all tell me oh this is separate and this is separate okay then i'll jump back in but until then (laughs) yeah Yeah, that's a notable quote right there one day when i do some (laughs) clips from the shows
0: that's definitely going in there. I'll touch that. <laughs> I'll touch that. So obviously <laughs> obviously been in this business, um there's ups, there's downs and so uh can you speak to a failure that you've had in the business
1: and talk about what you learned from it. So one of the failures I had was I was I bred um I bred, what did I breed? It was a, I think it was my clown head albino. I bred to an albino female. I got seven eggs. Um, No, it wasn't even him, whatever. It was a albino female I bred. I got seven eggs. I put the eggs in the incubator. It was the only clutch I had that season. It was very early in my breeding career. Um, And every egg just slowly died just died and i didn't realize that my incubator was overheating and killing the eggs one by one and once i realized that it was at the last egg then i realized the incubator was spiking without me realizing it and that made me feel horrible because that was all on me it was a made i made the incubator so that was a hundred percent on me not paying attention to it killing that whole clutch honestly it It almost had me get out of ball pythons, but I learned that everybody can make a mistake. Everybody can mess up, but it's what you do after that mess up that lets you know what kind of person you are. Do you admit to it and grow from it or do you let that destroy you? And, I learned that I had to take my incubator apart, redo it, learn from it, learn from that mistake and start putting little things in the way of checking for temperature, making sure stuff was going right um, to better my incubator process and not have it be a heat issue. So now I have other incubator issues now, but that's the way this goes. No matter how dialed in on something you think you have it, Something's going to go wrong out of your control and you're going to have to either fix it, deal with it or adapt to it. And that's one of the things I've learned with breeding ball pythons. There's a lot of adapting to situations.
0: Absolutely. I'm a, I'm a firm believer. If you fall down six times, get upset. You just got to keep going. Very true. Very true. All right. So in your What's the most important personality trait or skill you need to have in this industry, in this hobby, to be successful?
1: Um, It's between either persistence or patience. Um, You need both. You need to be able to keep going, but you also need to be able to be patient and let your animals grow you, some people try to get their animals to grow fast feed them a little more than you need to breed them a little earlier than they need to that hurts that animal in the long run in the short game yeah you might get a clutch you might get what you're looking for that clutch but overall you hurt that animal in the long run um persistence you need to be able to get knocked down and get back up um, to be able to keep going, to be able to keep pushing, to take the time to get your stuff out there, um, to do YouTube. Um, YouTube is a thing that you you got to grind on. So you've got to persistently put out videos, put out content, answer uh, comments, talk to people, network, get the terrible comments, get the how you're a horrible person for having snakes in the shoebox, all that kind of stuff, um, but you have to keep going even after that. So it's it's a, it's a blend between persistence and patience for me.
0: Gotcha, yeah. great points. So when you did your introduction earlier, the one thing you left out was YouTube Yoda. And I say YouTube Yoda, because you have mentored a lot of people in the YouTube game and you're responsible for like half the YouTube channels out there in the Reptile hobby. But we want to speak to people who have mentored you. So who has been one of your most important mentors in this hobby and in this industry? Um,
1: well, one person has actually been Anton. I actually like was one of the people that pushed him to do YouTube. And then he took off with YouTube, and then he started telling me like, "Look, you are going hard, but you need to start doing certain other stuff with it, um, pushing me in other directions of the YouTube." Was like telling me like, when I started doing sponsorships for my podcast, he was like, "Don't be afraid to ask for a certain price. You are putting out good content. You're putting out stuff people want to see. Don't be afraid to ask for the value you are already putting into this show." And I, I greatly appreciate that. Also, uh, my gang in the Instagram group, uh, they always pushing me, always saying piles of stuff, um, ragging on me, too. It hurts. It hurts, but it comes from brotherly love. It's love there, too. So they definitely help push me in this. And, of course, you, you got the big guys doing YouTube. Uh, you got Always Evolving, Canova, um, Boss to You um uh i'm I'm gonna forget a lot of people and i'm sorry i don't mean to forget you people but you got even smaller channels doing their videos just great videos and those are inspiration i find inspiration in every little bit i can because you never know what new skill or technique or somebody saying something could inspire you to go one more time or do something a little better or try a little harder. So you got to find inspiration from everything you see. Um, I find inspiration from Silk when he's always posting them pictures of beautiful animals. I was like, oh, man, trying to get that like that one day. So you just – it's a difference between being jealous of somebody and being inspired by somebody. So I try to be inspired by everybody I deal with or hang out with or talk to. Or even enjoy following so that's what i try to do get inspired by what they show
0: absolutely you mentioned a lot of good names um anton is definitely somebody i've learned a lot from uh, i started following his youtube and just kind of uh seeing how he moved and you know so he he, he everywhere you know what I'm saying he had he had the shows he on the youtube he just always grinding, always grinding so that was definitely something that was very inspirational I mean, you can learn a lot from a lot of people. I mean, you can learn a lot yep. from somebody who's way up here. You can learn from somebody who, who just getting started. Um, I'm a firm believer. You just kind of look at people who doing things that you want to do and you, you see what good qualities they have and just pull from that. Appreciate it. Appreciate it, Antoine. All right. So I'm just asking some random questions real quick. So Okay. Okay. If you could live anywhere in the world, where would that be and why?
1: this is gonna be a, a weird answer but I think it makes sense to me so that's all that matters I would like to live in Japan <laughs> um, just cause one I like anime but I also want to um, experience their culture experience Japan um, I would love to speak Japanese but that's not gonna happen because I barely speak English, right? Um, <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I would love to experience Japanese culture um, for a bit. I mean, I always still want to come back home, but I would love to live there. That would be really cool.
0: Okay, okay. Yeah, they wild in the chat. I don't know if you know. I see. I now. see. I know. <laughs> <Call me laughs> silk one <more> time. Jean, <laughs> he gets,
1: because, <laughs> <laughs> his hey, name. TK say Silk <laughs>
0: for <shopping. laughs>
1: I, I see, and them is my boys. They always getting on me, but they be the first one to support. They be the first one. to support, yeah, I love that's all I love. G <laughs> need to get back on um, YouTube though. He ain't put out a video in a minute, so he need to get back on it. He definitely, he got some locks. I think he got some ovulations. He need to get back on YouTube. So we wait yeah, for a video. Lot going
0: on. He got a lot going on. He be posting now. He be,
1: he be, he be posting. posting pictures, but we need videos. On. He <laughs> did one video. I think he showed his face too in one video. Oh, I was surprised. I was like, oh, he getting in front of the camera. He got ready for the camera.
0: So I like let's his intro too. I need I, I need. Yeah, outro. He got like a dope intro. intro.
1: He got a dope <laughs> intro. Yeah.
0: <laughs> All right. So, if you could have coffee with one historical figure,
1: who would it be and why? That's a that's um interesting. I wanted to go business, but then I wanted I just wanted to somebody I would like have fun with, and I don't know his. Actual name, which makes it so bad, but it's the dude that played Uncle Phil. Um, oh, James Avery. James Avery, I would like to talk to him partially because he was the voice of uh Shredder, so I think that would be interesting to talk to him about that. But then also, Fresh Prince, yeah, I didn't know, I didn't know that he's the voice of Shredder on the cartoon,
0: yeah, (laughs) learn something new every day. Oh man. (laughs)
1: <laughs> so, um, whole <laughs> <bro>. <laughs> yeah it, it was the 80s cartoon so the one we grew up on but yeah oh, i would love sure. like to sit and talk to him and pick his brain about acting voice acting the show fresh prints how that impacted a generation of people um i would love to talk to him and just learn that and then still learn about his life because he grew up in a different time than I did and had to deal with certain stuff and see the changes we had to where we were are then. And now would be amazing to see and to see that aspect through Hollywood's eyes as well. Cause they kind of slowly change. They take a time, but that would be really cool to talk to him. Um, I know that's a weird answer, but that's what yeah, That's was. a great answer. That's a, that's a great answer.
0: Uh, I still call it Uncle Phil. I never... I know.
1: <laughs> Uncle
0: Phil to me. The show name's Uncle Phil. I'm going to call you Uncle Phil. <laughs> 100%. 100%. What's up, Kevin? What's up, everybody? Shout out to everybody in the chat. I promise I'm going to get better uh, with the messages and kind of interacting with the
1: chat. Uh, but shout out to everybody in the chat. Really, yeah, he's still new. He's he not used to talking to the chat and talking to the guests. We're going to get him there, though. No worry, y'all. No worry, <laughs> y'all. I mean, this is great for me because I haven't really been looking at chat. So this has been real comfortable for me. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that I might have good. to take a page out of TK's
0: book and have somebody else manage the chat. <laughs> 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 hey,
1: I was, I was thinking about doing that with my wife. But she, nah, she wouldn't be okay with that. She wouldn't help me with that. She but like, look, this is your thing. You want to be on camera, do your thing. I'm like, all right, respect that. Respect that. 100. So, what was your favorite subject in school? It was math. Um, it was math because I was good at math, and there was always usually just one answer with math. There wasn't multiple different answers or stuff to where. Look, I just had to find this one answer. I don't have to get close to that. No, I just find this one answer. So that made it easy for me. Um, I was not good at other subjects. <laughs> yeah, I like math too, because like you said,
0: it was, a, it, was a, it was an answer. You had one answer. You exactly. One. <laughs> you need to learn how to make cats blue by the time I
1: hop on the street. Oh, yeah. So I, I I'll let you I I'll, I'll put you on that he so, so he there's a, like admins yeah yeah mods there's like two different ways to do it um, I I have an easier way to do it where I use my phone while I'm on the live and I can click on people and make them blue I'll break that down to you later I'll let you know how to do that okay. so you got that going for the next one okay because yeah. it does it's help material. when you get like um um trolls in the chat people. Your admins can delete their comments and stuff when they start saying racist or stupid stuff. They could delete them if you don't catch it. So that can't happen. so you can spit. I don't know what they're talking about. I don't spit no bars. (laughs) I got no bars. You sure? You sure? I got no bars. bars. (laughs) You sure? I don't play rap. I don't even even try to play rap. My bars. Not there, (laughs) non-existent. We got to bring you back (laughs) on for a a live concert.
0: (laughs) Yes, sir, 100% good looking. Appreciate that.
1: Yeah, let me find out you spit, though. (laughs) Let me find out. (laughs) I used to try to spit in high school. I would say random stuff. So that that wasn't spitting. That was just me being me, um, being weird uh <laughs> so say I, I can do it together. I <laughs> <laughs> will beat you. <laughs> I'm not a musical person. hundred percent, no, I'm not a musical person. <laughs> the GP just don't spit for free ninety nine. No freestyle It's 2022 <laughs> free No more.
0: <laughs> so stream stream your low key and uh, put some some beats on here.
1: I can drop Did right they? oh wow yeah <laughs> uh, now Kevin used to I think Kevin used to work in the music industry so he know about it he, he okay, probably got go mark. give us
0: an exclusive
1: <laughs> <laughs>
0: <laughs> all right so uh. if you had to write a book tomorrow what would that book be about oh oh
1: It it would it would be it'd be a weird book. It'd be it'd be just about uh, it'd be about being a black man navigating in the spaces that you're usually not seen in. Um, we're usually not seen in geek stuff, comic book stuff. Um, that is becoming a bigger thing. Throughout the last couple years, um, like my kids get to see more black superheroes. And that's amazing to see them see themselves in the things they like even more that I've been looking for for years. And I can see it through their eyes now. It's so beautiful. But to be a black man in spaces that you usually don't see us in and people be wondering, like, why you here? That would be the book, that's what the book would be about, and the journey that takes in a person's life, and seeing how that affects them positively and negatively, um, that's, yeah, that would be the book, which would, wow, because I, I did a lot of stuff that we're told we don't do um i died i bmxed i skateboarded i inlined did a lot of extreme sports snowboarding um i'm in the reptile community which we're told we're really not in and we don't deal with snakes it's a lot of us in it and i'm always trying to push us to do more content so people can see us and see that we are deeply in this community But also on top of the the nerd stuff, the comic books, Um, you don't see a lot of black nerds. The blurred became a term maybe five years ago. Comic book nerd stuff has been around for decades. And we only got a term for us maybe 5, 10 years ago. We always been there. Um, So it's just navigating that world that you're told you're not supposed to be in or you're not usually seen in, how that affects you negatively and positively would be the book. Um, yeah, that's a, that's a that's great That's the white book. people shit. That's what you hear all the time. <laughs> 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 no, no, let's not do that. Let's not do that. Let's not do that. Because <laughs> I'm not putting hey, out of nowhere. <laughs> <laughs> Hey but oh, real talk
0: uh, you should work on that book. That's a dope book. That's a dope
1: concept. I like that. Yeah. I might have to start writing some lot. stuff down. That's deep. Uh put that out. Might go get a ghostwriter. Put some stuff out. That's dope. That would be a dope concept. I would I would definitely buy that book. Okay. Book. Somebody copy and send that to me because I'm gonna forget tomorrow. I have a terrible memory. So send me this email.
0: I put it in <laughs> <I> the <put laughs> follow-up
1: email after the share Okay, I will
0: ever yeah, do you like you did me. I mean, ask about it every so often. <laughs> and we gotta push each other. Yeah, this is very true. That's very true. Very true. Sir, yes, yeah, sir. That's that's a dope concept. I like that a lot. Yeah, and it's it's not a it's not a story that's told a lot. At least I haven't seen it in any kind of like media. Yeah.
1: Um, so yeah, that would
0: be a dope idea. Real dope idea i see that you're into comments and stuff like marvel and stuff so (laughs) (laughs) yeah yeah i've
1: been i've been a big i started with cartoons moved to like superhero stuff but i've always been into cartoons i was trying to make my own cartoon at one point in time trying to learn how to write cartoon scripts and stuff that was a a semi-passion of mine for a little bit trying to learn that and then I found the snakes and that kind of took over. And I was like, ah, you got to do one or the other. You, you, you got to dedicate a lot of time to one. So you got to pick one. So I went with the snakes. But yeah, I went from cartoons, the comic book stuff, to superheroes, to anime, to just all kinds of animations and then storytelling. It's uh, it's uh, just it's amazing what you can do in that art form and the way you can still touch people with that art form to be able to tell a story and reach so many people, so many different people that not necessarily look like you, but can still share that experience and come together. It's magical. 100%. Yeah, yeah.
0: So i read a comic books and stuff coming up and, and watch cartoons uh, with the comic book characters and, and i'm deep in the mcu right now deep okay in the MCU. speaking of mcu we got a comment so multiverse of madness are well, we meeting the illuminati and his professor x part of their group 100 like i feel like that's the multiverse illuminati and that yeah. was 100 beyond a shadow of a doubt professor x and let's tell him the truth. in Patrick Stewart voice,
1: yeah, <laughs> <laughs> <Not you. laughs> honestly. I've been trying to not um, look at theories because I want to go into that movie semi blind, but I've been seeing all these theories popped up. Um, that movie's gonna be bananas. It's gonna did be, did you see crazy. the trailer? i
0: seen did the, see the trailer. trailer they released I, Sunday,
1: yeah, it's, it just, it's it felt same, like a whole right. different movie from the trailer they put on the back of Spider Man, um, No Way Home. Was that No Way Home? Yeah. So the trailer they had on the back of No Way Home is completely different than this new trailer. And it feels like two different separate movies still. And that's amazing. They can do that with that much footage still. And apparently they're going back and shooting to put some more cameos in, which I'm like, oh, my God, that's going to be crazy. No, um, they
0: are, 100%. And, you know, they they throwing us a curveball on the trailer. Yeah. And they leading us all the wrong! Direction. You can never believe a Marvel trailer. It's always Wait. a lie. Like let Marvel tell it. The Hulk was gonna be in Wakanda, yep. fight. Not hook Buster, but Hulk, like real OG Hulk. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So you can not never believe that trailer. So it's a lot of. We get way off subject, but it's. And I show my content. <laughs> <y'all>. <laughs> <laughs> No, but uh, so it's a big argument or debate online right now about who the character is. It kind of looks like Captain Marvel. The light up is, and that character is fight wonder
1: Who do you think it is? So it's. I seen it's supposed to be either Tony Stark or somebody else said Monica Rambeau. Um, It it favors more Tony Stark, but I don't think it's the um tony stark we're already used to i think it's gonna be a a variant tony stark so the rumor is tom cruise is supposed to be coming in playing tony stark as one of the variants um it could be that or it could be something totally different that they're trying to throw us off track so um at this point it could be anybody (laughs) Because yeah. they got such abilities with these illusional effects, they could do anything. So yeah, <laughs> I'm I, trying I see to not a bunch hold
0: of theories
1: on. out there. One theory too tight. I want to go in as loose as possible so I can accept what they're showing me and not be like, nah, this is not be what be I thought. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly.
0: Yeah. Like I seen people say, uh Monica Rambo, Maria mm-hmm. Rambo. I, I don't know i saw that one picture because at first that's what i thought too but then i saw the one picture and it kind of looked like a, like a dude
1: yeah i, like, I don't know and it, like, it could, could be just evil, little, dr strange powering up got some different power like he did in um the what if series he got a immense amount of power in that series and became super powerful so it could be anything honestly it, It's it,
0: it's anybody's guess and Marvel like to play with our emotions. And they like, I mean, they smart. They get us talking about it. I mean, we talking about it. Yep. Everybody else talking about it. And so they're real smart. I really like what they do. So if you won $10 million tomorrow, what would you
1: do with it? So immediately, so I get $10 million. $10 million is all mine. Correct?
0: Yeah. yeah let's okay. assume no taxes. Let's
1: just. No, Texas. no taxes Take argument. 10 million right there. Taxes Artists already came completely. out. I get 10 million. Um 5 million immediately goes into a savings account. 5 million immediately into a savings account. The first million I'm using to get me and my wife out of debt, pay all our debt off, get that done. Probably going to be some money left over with that. Um uh, another million is going in for my kids' college fund. That's for them. Let that grow interest, so by the time they get there, that can be paid for with that. But where we go in college is gonna be two million dollars a season. So I need <laughs> more money. Uh, so we down to. I hey, um, booked, you books. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so we done spent roughly seven million of that's already accounted for now. Um, our bills probably ain't that much, so we probably let's say we got we got three million and some change left. Of course, I'm gonna take um, two million and invest in real estate. Um, try to make that money, make some money. That's the plan. Do some smart real estate investments you know go h- contact Ozzy talk to him about some real estate where to invest that in and then of course I'll take five hundred thousand to invest into GP snakes get some nice animals new facility um, get ready for the future so I can just focus on that because I got all this other money making me money now and then you know, Uh, probably another 500 million will be like take the wife and kids on a vacation Before we about to buckle in and get some stuff. I will get stocks. Gee, I do need to get stocks But i'm still learning stocks, so I got to learn stocks before I get them I might make g my financial stock advisor So i'll throw him a million dollars to do my stocks, uh get that set up but um, Try to make that money make me money and plan for the future. 100%. 100%. But I'm right, definitely man. saving half of that immediately. Half of that is going to save somewhere because people blow through money so fast. So I'm putting that 50, $5 million away somewhere where it's saving and making money on its saving stuff. So I have that in case some all this other stuff falls down. But hopefully that stuff doesn't.
0: Yeah, definitely great answer, bro. Definitely great answer. And that's Thank that's you. a solid plan. Make your money work for you, right? So buying assets and <laughs> stuff. I didn't mean five hundred
1: million. I mean five hundred <laughs>
0: thousand. Yes, I'm buying
1: Cancun, vacation spot. <laughs> uh, so, yeah. so, what is my favorite anime? <sighs> that's a hard one. Um. Yeah. My favorite anime right now is Attack on Titan. I'm about to finish the last part of that season. It's between Attack on Titan and um, My Hero Academia. It's between those two. My favorite anime of all time, it's got to go between Dragon Ball Z and, damn, what is that? And Gundam. Gundam Wing, to be precise, because that's where I kind of started to get into anime. Um And that's where I developed the love for anime was between Gundam and Dragon Ball Z. So those are always be my favorite. Naruto is a second close. Um I did watch Demon Slayer. I kind of, um, I didn't finish the first season. I got to like. Episode 24, and it started to get a little weird for me. I got to go back and visit it, but I do. I did like it in the beginning. Demon Slayer was really cool. My hero is a (laughs) crybaby. No, that character is developing. He's developing his emotion. Like he wear him on his sleeve, but he's developing. I appreciate that. Oh, sorry. I got. I just nerded out. I seen anime. (laughs) That's all good.
0: It's all good. so my son is into the attack on titan stuff like i bought him a bunch of stuff yeah, like he, he, attack on Titan
1: is very violent you let to watch that oh he in high school old okay high school. okay I, yeah, okay yeah. yeah that's i guess that's okay that's okay <laughs> it's, it's a good show though and it, it's most people don't realize a lot of these shows when they talk about different societies still come down to racism <laughs> 100%. It's like this set of people were oppressed by these people, and now these people can become giant monsters and eat these people. But did these people learn from the oppression they gave these people to not be that? Learn the next week's episode. That's what happens every time. <laughs> every time. Every story is about oppression of one set of people who finally get strong enough and fight back and kill their oppressors. This story has been told multiple times through multiple different animes. They just tweak. Either it's an alien race that you think are not black people, like uh, Dragon Ball Z. Saiyans are black people. 100%. Frieza is a white guy. He destroyed everybody. That's just how he goes. 100%. Oh, <laughs> But that's enough about uh, anime and racism. <laughs> <laughs> so these are the type of clutch conversations you go get
0: when you tune into the show.
1: <laughs> I mean to go hard on the first episode. <laughs>
0: uh,
1: all right, Arcane, so I gotta watch that.
0: Uh, say again.
1: Arcane. I think it's a uh, um, Netflix anime. I gotta watch that. I think I'm pronouncing that right. (laughs) Let me go put that in my queue right now. I seen it on there. I just never got into it.
0: Yeah, I Um, haven't gotten into the anime like that deeply myself. Uh, But I mean, now that you speak to like, there's so many different genres.
1: There's so many different genres. Um, you honestly. Honestly, you can find something you like in any anime. They have so many different dramas. They're 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 just like drama shows. They have different. They have different like. Um, they have contest anime. They have strongman anime. They have female anime, male heavy anime, dramatic anime, horror anime. They're just like regular shows. They're just in cartoon form. Invincible is a beast. Invincible is a beast. Oh, oh, that's a good show. I'm sorry, We've I'm got just. Out.
0: No, oh, you good? just got a question. Do you like PVC or professional better? Uh, I like them both. Uh, they, they both get the job done. The PVC yep. racks that I got, I got from from Sea Serpents. They're real high quality racks. Uh, shout out to Chris at Sea Serpents. I'm not getting paid for this, but. I will get paid for it if you want to send me something.
1: You got <laughs> <laughs> yeah, always be marketed.
0: <laughs> yeah, holla yeah. at your boy. But no, I like them. Uh, they work well. They keep humidity well. Uh, I feel like they look nice. Um, yeah, I like the ARS is better just because I, I, I like the aesthetic value of the ARS. Uh, they also function well, keep humidity well. Um, I just like the ARS better overall. The next racks I get, I continue to get ARS and stuff like that, kind of as I as I build out. But uh, I'm kind of we packed in this room right here, so it'll yeah. be A while before we get some more racks. But I know that was kind of a rambling answer. I, I like them both, but I would say if I had if I had to choose, I, I would go with the ARS. Yeah, I like I like
1: um, a, I like professionally built racks, like this one over here was actually my first rack. This is a Boa file. Um they I think they're still in business. That was my first professionally built rack. Um I used to build racks on um out of metal mean like everybody else but that mess is heavy. It's too heavy. Can't be doing that. Um, <laughs> um then I went to the um shelf rack plastic racks which are cheaper to do, easier to do and lighter, so much lighter. Um, so much it's so hard to move those melamine racks. Whoo, Them things be tons, tons. But I'm I like professional racks, ARS 100%. I would not turn down a free freedom breeder. Um, Jesse, if you want me to sponsor you. Uh I know you <laughs> make stuff, so, but if you want you want me to sponsor you, just let me know. I won't turn out a free and breed. I got ride. you,
0: bro. <laughs>
1: <laughs> but yeah. It they all depends on what you can spend and what you need at that moment in the space you have. Um, right. those are all the factors there. Absolutely.
0: Yeah, I'm
1: gonna have to it? check that out, G.
0: That's my limiting factor right now is space. Cause like you can't you can't see it on camera. But so like half of this room is like my office. because uh, I work from home some days and so I kinda I need a workspace. So half of this room is kind of like my office. And then I got racks and stuff over here. And also mm-hmm. got uh, a, a gun safe over here. And so like we 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 got a room in, in this room. Um I got some sticks. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we out of room, bruh. I got some stuff in our bedroom, too. And then my son, he got a snake in this room. But we we out of room, and so if we got more racks, we have to kind of figure out the whole space thing. And so that's that's another limiting factor, too, uh, in terms of like how big the collection grows and why mm-hmm. we're trying to limit it. Because I can get the amount that I think is my limit in this room, but anything beyond that, going to struggle.
1: With. Yeah makes perfect sense. Uh, so you got any more questions in the chat? Reason was a colonizer. <laughs> <laughs> like yes, the colonizer.
0: Yes. The boys is those... good,
1: too. The boys. Oh yeah, the boys is dope. I got to finish Umbrella Academy. I finished the first season. I got to watch the second season. Um, uh, what did they say? Per Boys. Mob Psycho. I love the first season of Mob Psycho. I didn't like the second season, so I let it go. First season was fire. Uh, second season, I wasn't a fan of. Um, but One Punch Man, um, I don't know, that's not a good anime to get into. That's not a good first anime. Um, One Punch Man is really good. It's a troll on other animes, but it's still really good. The first season is really good. The second season kind of falls off, they use a different animating, animation studio so the fights aren't as good but that first season is really good um um i'm here i, I guess i got to go watch that second season they are saying it's really good saying it's really good yeah i can't wait for the boys to come out come oh out. i'm so excited for that so excited for boys, that yeah. like God, that I, I didn't know about that comic book until that show came out so then i uh-huh. started reading the comic book a little bit here and there and i was like oh this is nasty. Um, this I haven't is, read the comic book, it, book yet. It's good. Comic book is so much nastier and crazier than the show. Like, let's check it out. Wow, just like um, the Walking Dead. I didn't know about that comic book until I watched the show, and then I start reading the comic book. The comic book is so much better than the show. Um, such a good show, though. It's the show was good until like season seven, but that comic book, real good, real good. Definitely, definitely say check out that comic book if you're a fan of that show.
0: Yeah, I'm gonna check it out. Yeah, absolutely. All right, and so we get close to the end here. We actually went a little bit over uh, the, the time I told
1: you it was going to be. But it was a good conversation. <laughs> oh, trust me, I knew. So, uh, I seen all the questions you sent me. I was like, oh, we ain't going to do that in 30 minutes. <laughs> like,
0: what happened? I said, I said, I said an hour. I said an hour. <laughs> <but> <laughs> Here we are almost two hours later. It's all good. It's a good conversation. <laughs> so what's one question you wish I asked you? And how would you have asked? Um
1: one question I wish you to ask me is why do you push people to do YouTube? Like why do you push people to do YouTube? Why do you push people to put out content to get themselves out there? And my answer would be diversity. Like, we want to see who's all involved in this community. Don't be scared to show yourself. Like, a lot of people don't realize all the different types of people that are involved in the reptile community. From different races, to different genders, to groups. Like, there are, like, family groups doing it together. Like, it's amazing to see there's so many different types of people in love with these reptiles breeding these reptiles taking care of these animals have a passion for these animals and it's good to see that there's so many different types of people doing it not just one type of person that the industry has kind of had for a long period of time it's good to see there's so many different people doing this that people don't feel alienated when they're doing it like when i had um, snakes before I got on YouTube, I assumed there was only white guys doing it because that's all I saw. But then, as I start digging deeper and finding more people doing it, more different groups doing it, it made me feel less a minority in that group. It made me realize I'm a majority most of the time. We just not talking about it. So it'd be that's why I push people to do, youtube to do instagram to put themselves out there also if you're selling animals it helps for people to see how you're breeding them how you're taking care of them it does help you sell them it's not necessarily for you to be able to sell them you don't need to do it for you to sell them but it does help because if i'm gonna send you like two g's i want to see what your facility look like a little bit i want to see how you're raising these animals and these videos definitely give people a peek into your day-to-day and how you take care of the animals. It makes them feel more confident to send you that kind of money and then hopefully get the animal you would like to get. So that's why I push for that. And also it helps, Um, I, I got to think of the word just right because um, I always say it wrong. Um, It helps normalize reptile keeping it brings it more to the mainstream. And the more it's in the mainstream, the less it seems like a obscure hobby and more of a, this is normal. This is okay. This is regular things. Nothing is out of the norm of this to where people don't feel like it needs to be over there. Um, And the more mainstream we make this, the better it is for the community and the better it helps the community grow. Yes, there's going to bring some problems with that here and there, but the problems it brings do not outweigh the positives it brings. So that's why I push for that.
0: That's really dope insight, bro, like 100%. Like, you should be the
1: spokesperson
0: for YouTube <laughs> for this hobby. I mean, you kind of already are unofficially, but you should be like the official spokesperson. Thank like, you. Thank you. It's really like I mean, because you you've been preaching the YouTube gospel to me for, for quite some time, and it, and it got me to do it. Because I would say, I'm not gonna do it. <laughs> uh, I'm, I'm, I'm gonna just post on IG. But uh, I'm I'm glad you preached the gospel to me. I'm glad you made me a believer. And I'm glad to have you on the show. So before we get out of here, uh, tell everybody where they can
1: find you. And we'll put it up on the screen as well appreciate it appreciate you having me on the first one so glad you're taking this journey glad you starting starting with a live too. you jump right in with a live that, <laughs>
0: that,
1: that, that, that is hard in itself to do know you doing this live and you like oh I'm gonna mess up it is hard so I congratulate you to that and I'm very honored to be here too um, you can find me just google GP snakes all my stuff should pull up I'm on Instagram. YouTube, Facebook, TikTok, I'm on Twitter, I'm on Twitch sometimes, uh, I'm working on putting my uh, under a thousand podcasts, putting an audio version out on it, um, probably it'd be on Spotify, so look for me there, just under a thousand pod, you should find it, but yeah, GP Snakes in uh, Google, and you'll find me everywhere, I've been doing this uh, enough and putting out enough content, it kind of pops up first. So if you're trying to make sure your stuff pops up first, start putting out content. Good content does help, but putting out content, you always can grow. Don't try to make your stuff perfect. You're, not, you're never going to be perfect. We always can improve. But don't, don't try to make it perfect to where you're not putting it out. I've done that before. I try to make things everything right and not put it out. you just wasting time. Put it out with them imperfections. Let people know you're human. Nothing wrong with that. Absolutely.
0: Absolutely. That was one of my biggest problems, just getting stuck in the paralysis of analysis. And I, I wasn't moving with it. So, yeah, that's, that's mm-hmm. great advice. Great advice. Uh, well, I appreciate you coming out, bro. Uh, this has been a blast. Hope to get you back on the show. Uh, again, thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much for not only motivating me to do YouTube, uh, motivating so many other folks in the hobby. Uh, you can tell by the turnout tonight. Everybody is, is very, very impressed with what you do. A lot of respect for you in the hobby. A lot of love for you in the hobby. We're gonna get you to spit bars next time you're on the show. And make sure you have something written if you, if you don't want to come off the dome. We're gonna get you to spit next time you're uh, on the show. In fact, it's just gonna be all about that. That's all it's gonna be about. <laughs> oh but wow! Definitely want to get you back on the show. Uh, like I say, follow, follow, request bars. <laughs> uh, thank you, everybody out there, uh for, for for tuning in. um You guys have made this first episode very special. I really appreciate all the love you guys showed in the chat. I really appreciate all the love you guys have shown throughout this whole process. I, I really love this community. It's a dope ass community, and I really enjoy myself. And I really enjoy interacting with all of y'all. And I hope I can meet everybody in person at some point, sometime. He's, uh, we should see y'all purchase soon. We're going to have to hit a show in Florida, but shout out to everybody. Thank you so much. All right. uh, Have a good one. All right, everybody. Bye. Bye.